On today's episode, we are going to take a look at three companies. We're going to take a look at Roku. We're going to take a look at Groupon and Oracle. Two of these companies just reported earnings, so we're going to do a quick earnings overview. And then one of these companies actually has some buyout rumors that have gone made the stock price gone up. So we're going to take a bit of look into that and just not even if the rumor is true, but why would a rumor like this occur? So let's get started. All right, so the first thing I actually want to take a look at is just a quick report of what happened in the stock market today. The overall S&P 500 was up close to 2%, not there yet, 1.92% on the SPY. So it, it was definitely another bullish day for, for the overall market, similar to yesterday. Yesterday, we had another green day. So what were some of the driving forces from today? So here in CNBC, the best... the the most the most effect that happened in the market today were the following first the united states government reported a 17.7 percent jump in retail sales for may the expectation was supposed to be somewhere around 7.7 percent the second bullish thing is there have been some trials that tuesday show uh, that there is an, another medication that will help those that are critically ill with the covid 19 so that was another bullish sentiment and the third part was the Trump administration is, um, started drawing up a $1 trillion infrastructure proposal. So all of these three things were pretty much just a ramping force for the market that made this such a green day. All right, so the first company we're going to take a look at is Roku. Roku just had some buyout rumors that made the stock price go up 12%. So we're going to take a quick historical look at what Roku, how their revenue growth has been. We're also going to take a look at what Roku does, how their revenue is broken down and why the acquisition that's going on kind of makes sense if it is true but before we move on don't forget to hit the subscribe button the thumbs up and the bell it helps the small channel out so much and i truly truly appreciate all the support i'm getting from you guys also if you guys want to get in contact with me feel free to find me on twitter or discord i'm very active there so you guys can ask me questions but if not the comments below is also a great place to ask me any questions Finally, let me know in the comments if you guys want me to do any of these companies. The three companies I'm looking at today, remember, are Roku, um, Groupon, and Oracle. If you guys want me to do a full in-depth analysis, that's my bread and butter. That's what I do in this channel. Let me know right now in the comments, and I'll do one as soon as I can. All right, so like I mentioned, right, Roku is up 12.3% and is sitting at $120. Um, and this is because there's buyout rumors happening right now that Google is, it, there is and there's no one that's agreeing with this but there's no one denying it at the moment either that google has the plans of buying up roku roku is a company with 14.58 billion dollars in market cap and if we have we have looked at google plenty of time their balance sheet they have over a hundred billion dollars in cash so buying a company this size would be nothing for them and right now with rates so low taking out a loan to buy a company like this again for for a big company like google will mean almost nothing but what would they gain out of it but first let's just continue looking at the stock price in the past six months the company peaked at around 145 dollars in february um so let's take a look right now it's still off about 17 percent from its highs just six months ago so that shows that this company has definitely taken a big beating due to covid 19 but to my question is why is this not up anymore roku is in the streaming platform and we're going to take a quick look at how roku's break 
revenue is broken down. But to me, for Roku to still be down from its all-time highs, I think it's actually pretty, pretty crazy. So let's just take a quick look at Roku's historical data. We're just going to take a look at revenue growth. In 2019, Roku's revenue grew 52%. In 2018, it grew 44%. In 2017, it grew 28%. This is something I, 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 me looking at this, this is something, and I look, if you guys know this channel, I look at tons and tons of companies within a month. And this is something I don't normally see where revenue is already at a double digits and it's continually increasing, right? So I, I normally see single digits and then start growing. But look, in 2018, it was 44% growth. And in 2019, it was 52% growth. This is a big grower. This is definitely a growth company. Let's take a look at this company's margins over times. And in the profit margins, we can see why. Usually, a company like Roku is a company that's just starting off. They're acquiring a lot more customers right now. So you're going to see that heavy revenue growth. But when it comes to heavy revenue growth, sometimes you have to pay it off elsewhere. And right now, this is a company that does not have any profitable margins when we take a look at gap earnings. But one thing you are expected to see with revenue growth is you're expected to see margins increase over time. And that's what we are seeing. We can see gross margins right here has increased in the latest 2019 gross margins were up to 43.9% compared to 2015 when it was 28%. So we're seeing growth there. Also, profit margins does seem to be getting better over time. This past year was a negative 5%, so it's still losing money. But compared to 2015, when it was a negative 12.7%. And before we go any further, let's just take a look at this company's balance sheet. And then let's take a look at why, why this, this Google google acquisition would make sense so normally with a heavy grower company similar to roku you would expect the company to have a very very strong balance sheet right because right now they're not really making any money so they're supposed to have very low debt and enough cash and cash equivalents to be able to handle that debt so in the most recent quarter this company had about 475 million dollars of non-current debt and about four million dollars of current debt so about 480 million dollars of total debt this company had about 590 million dollars in cash so this company can pretty much pay off and its long-term debt and non-current debt and still have money left over so to me that's actually pretty good news right because non-current debt is debt that is owed in more than 12 months and right now with rates so low there's no real reason to be able to so there's no real need to be able to pay off that long-term debt but to to but that non-current debt is almost zero so to me this is a very strong balance sheet not the strongest i've seen um, let me be honest not the strongest i've seen but definitely one that that's not gonna hurt the bank and this company will be able to survive without any help so right today we can see here in the motley fool they tell you the the roku stock trades higher today on google acquisition rumors and why would google want to buy a company like roku what would google gain from this so how does it, it, how does google make most of its money if you guys don't know the answer, Google makes pretty much most of its money from advertisement. Advertisement in Google searches and advertisement in its YouTube platforms and other, other types of smaller platforms that Google might own. All right, so now that we know how, Ro how Google makes its money, let's find out how Roku makes its money. So what is Roku? Roku is pretty much this, this omni-channel where you can use um, Roku to actually stream like Disney+, Plus, to stream this um, Netflix, to stream other streaming platforms and other channels that Roku might own. 
So in the most recent quarter, total net revenue was $320 million for Roku. 232 of that 320 actually comes from platform and platform revenue is, is pretty much advertisement. And this is advertisement that is done to its viewers. The other 88 million of that 320, which is very little. So what's that? That's more than 66%, right? More than 66%, almost 70% of the total revenue comes from some form of advertisement. The other 30 comes from the hardware they sell, which again, it's, it's very minimal, but we can see the, the biggest growth for this company's revenue is coming from platform. Last year, this company made, a, in the same time last year, this company made $134 million from from advertisement or platform revenue, where this year made 232, an increase of almost 100 million, when hardware only saw an increase of about 20 million. So we can see where the true revenue growing is coming from, 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 Roku, from Roku. Why would Google wanna buy this? Google is right now not really in a strong market for advertisement in the streaming world. And TV, uh, TV streaming is where most people are going, right, with cable cutting. They do have, they do have um google comcast but roku is already the leading the leading the leading market in in this advertisement to the streaming platform so it would obviously make sense for google to buy this platform already and just integrate its its advertisement business into roku and google is one of the one of those that does advertisement the best right with all the data it collects from the users from the viewers it makes sure to give you a very specified advertisement for you right if you're watching this youtube channel i'm pretty sure you're going to start getting a lot of a lot of advertisement based on stock platforms. And that's just the strength of Google and the strength of YouTube. And with Roku on its side, if it does happen, I think it is a smart investment. If it doesn't happen, it just still shows how Roku is in a great market right now. All right, the next company we're gonna take a look at is Groupon, and Groupon was up 12% for the day, and then it was up another 4% after hours after reporting earnings. So that's actually pretty impressive for the company to still keep its 12% gain and get even more gains after earnings. And if we have taken a look at Groupon, some people don't like Groupon because many believe it's a company that's gonna go bankrupt soon, but still, I, I like to do companies that still look bad because when we took we take a look at their data, I feel we can learn something from them. We can learn what this what determines a company to be bad. So that's why I, I, I personally love this market game because I come in it with an open mind and I try to see what I can learn from everything. And I think that's what has helped me develop to be uh, maybe not a great investor. I wouldn't consider my great investor, but at least an investor that knows what they're doing. In the past six months, Groupon is still down from its peak of about 55%. That is actually pretty crazy. And Groupon is pretty much just changing the way it's doing. It's doing pretty much a whole reorganization. And with COVID-19 coming at the time when they want to do the current reorganization, obviously it's going to be a bigger impact for them. And you guys, I'm not sure if you guys have been following right now, you might be like Groupon is at $27. What the heck happened? Groupon just had a reverse split. I talked about it in one of my previous videos, um, but let's just take a look at Groupon's historical historical values first let's take a look at this company's revenue growth in the most recent 10 three years and if you guys don't know i'm using this amazing website known as lazy fa where i pretty much do all my analysis from so feel free to check out the website so in 2019 groupon's revenue declined 16 percent 
In 2018, it declined 7%. And in 2017, it declined 6%. So in the past three years, there has been a heavy decline in growth for, 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 for Groupon. So right now, right, this is something we should keep an eye out. Hey, if a company is, is, is decreasing in revenue, that might mean things are looking bad. Next, let's take a look at this company's margins in the past three years. In the past three years, we can see that for some reason, gross margins have been going up. In 2019, gross margins were 53.5%. But we could see that profit margins start in 2017 were pretty much 0.5%. In 2018, they decreased to negative 0.5%. And in 2019, it decreased to negative 1%. So we're seeing profit margins continue to go down. Again, another sign of a company not being in the best of state. Obviously, when companies are not in the best of state, investors are make these companies a lot cheaper. So if there is a turnaround story for store, for companies like this, usually they come with very, very strong returns. All right. So now let's take a look at Groupon's most recent earnings that it reported today. Groupon earnings per share were negative non-gap were one negative one dollar and sixty three cents. And it was actually a beat by twenty eight cents. Gap earnings per share, which usually include a one-time fee that we're, so that's the main difference between non-gap and gap. Gap usually includes everything that went for the overall business where non-gap pretty much takes out anything that it believes is not uh, uh, something that's really affecting the company in the long run. It's more of a one-time thing. But that's why people complain a little bit between non-gap and gap because non-gap is usually whatever the company decides, hey, this is not something that's really going to happen again. But in theory, right, anything that affects the gap, the business, even one time should be, should be reported. And that's why gap is there. Gap is the true, the true value of what really happened. Gap had negative $7.53 and they actually missed by $4.11. So it did. If we're taking a look at Gap earnings per share, it was a lot worse than expected. Revenue for this company was $374 million for the quarter and it was down 36% compared to the same time last year. So that revenue growth is declining, declining even at a faster rate than we saw last year. Last year was for the full year was negative 15%. Again, this is just for this quarter and it was due to a COVID-19. So it might be a lot worse just because of COVID-19. So why is Groupon still doing upbeat even though the um, revenue was down 35%? The main reason is that 35% decrease is actually better than what was expected. And that to me is actually pretty insane, right? It still saw a revenue decline of that much. But because it was better than expected, the investors gave it a price jump up of 4% after hours and 12% for the day. Operating cash flow for this company was negative $17 million for the past 12 months. That's not a lot of money, right? This company definitely has some definitely has some form uh some definitely has some time for it to really turn over especially since this company has about 667 million dollars in cash free cash flow for the past 12 year for the past 12 months has been negative about negative 80 million dollars so in theory this company even with that burning of cash still has about 
more than five years to be able to turn things around if we take a look at it in that form of free cash flow obviously as things continue to get worse that cash flow will continue to get lower so it could reduce the time even faster but just in theory right it has about five years to to live so if can the company really turn around in that matter of time it's just something we would have to wait and see so i just want to take a look at their most recent earnings and what they reported in their balance sheet because if you guys know me the balance sheet is my favorite favorite document to take a look at and if you guys are enjoying the show if you guys are learning a lot that's what i'm trying to do in this is pretty much just show information so you guys can make your own decisions i'm not going to recommend any stocks here and i'm sorry for that but i'm not a professional i just love the information digging remember i said this company had about 700 million dollars of quick cash this company only has has about 150 million dollars of short-term borrowing so that's not a lot of money and that's that's about a credit line it just took out um so in reality this company has about 500 million dollars in cash no short-term debt if we take that short-term borrowings off and it has about 200 million dollars in convertible senior notes which to me it tells me this company's balance sheet is not half bad right for a company that's supposed to be going bad in the near future it definitely has a few legs to stand on right now but obviously with the company doing bad you obviously expect a forward pe ratio is non-existent since this company is making no money and the forward price to sales ratio is below one again in theory this looks cheap but obviously you're paying for a company company that has negative revenue growth it has it has negative cash flow the profit margins are are decreasing over time so it's that's what you're paying for right you're paying for a beat-up car right now so obviously if you expect this car to actually be worth more in the future then you're probably getting it for a bargain but the chances of this beat-up car not driving is is very likely so that's that's pretty much how the market values things right does it look crappy or is it look if it looks crappy if it tastes crappy then it most likely is crappy um and the other way around right if we see revenue growth if we see margin growth you're obviously gonna pay a premium for it because it's a better car the next company we're going to take a look at is oracle oracle today was up 2.5 percent but after reporting earnings this company gave away all its gains and it's actually down 3.2 percent i actually did take a look at oracle before um just a quick overview of how their revenue is broken down and one thing we're going to see we're going to take a look at historical revenue growth this is a company since it's in a software company i would have expected to actually be doing very very strong revenue growth but to be honest it has not in the since february 20th when the market started to tank this company is pretty much flatlined right now it's about it's down 1.6 percent and that's not counting the 3.3 percent drop that it experienced today so it's probably down close to about four percent so oracle is in different clouding services they're also in hardware services so this is a very big company right market cap for this company is 108 close to 175 billion dollars so this is a big boy that we're taking a look at so let's take a look at historical values for for oracle first let's start off with this company's revenue growth in the past three years in the past three years this is a company remember let me remind you this is a clouding company in in the software is a software company with some clouding aspects to it so in 2019 this company actually only grew 0.3 percent in 2018 it grew four percent and in 2017 it grew two percent 
And this revenue growth is probably it's to me the def- the reason why this company is not up that big, even after software companies have continued to do amazing during this during this market. Uh, we can see this is a very very slow growers. I, I wouldn't I don't even know if I would consider this a growth stock. Let's take a look at margins for this company. Um, profit margins and gross margins in the past three years continue to be pretty flat, right? This is a very stable company, and we're already in the state where usually there's a state in the company where you start seeing slow growth but when that happens you start seeing no real change in profit margins and gross margins gross margins last year were 79.8 percent and that is very very high if i may say and profit margins were 28.1 percent so this is a company that makes money for investors so let's take a look at their most recent earnings let me zoom in a little bit for you guys so you guys can see revenue for this quarter was 10.4 billion dollars and that's actually down 6.3 percent compared to same time last year even though 10 billion this company i said made 10 billion dollars 7 billion dollars of that actually comes from cloud services and licensing products and that to me is actually pretty crazy that such a huge portion comes from some form of cloud services and subscription base that it still sees 6.3 percent down and that's something i'm not really liking um so so i can see why this company is down after hours one of the major reasons though that that's oracle said their their revenues was were pretty bad this quarter they mentioned that some other customers are ones that were hit the hardest during this market those were hospitals anything with with health um retail and transportation and all three of those which are very big part of this company's revenue took a big hit to the to the pandemic so it, it i i that does make sense right it, it obviously makes sense so i want to see how much are investors putting that into account and are they really beating up oracle right now when it's something that when things get better this company will show very strong growth i mean let's take a look at it this company has operating cash flow of 13.1 billion dollars for the past 12 months that is insane this company is a money developing machine another thing i don't know if you guys have been watching my previous channels i've been looking at a lot of cloud companies that deal with crm customer relations um that's it's companies like salesforce and i have also been looking at companies that have been doing hcm so that's human 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 management control um and both of the all the and that's a company like i think workday is one of those companies oracle is one that actually does both those things so they are a competitors that every time i'm looking at cloud competitors oracle makes the list so they are in very different sectors and i think that's a very good thing but i'm pretty sure most of those sectors don't make a huge impact for this company's revenue but if those eventually start to grow and grow it might be a bullish thesis for oracle so right now i just want to take a look a quick look at the revenue breakdown for this company 66% of this company's revenue comes from cloud services and licenses products. That's actually up only 1% compared to same time last year. Then they have cloud license and on-premise license. That makes up 23% of this company's total revenue. And that's actually down 22% compared to same time last year. And and that's the scary thing, right? Then this has hardware. Howard makes up 8% of this company's total revenue. And that's down 9% compared to same time last year. Then we have services, which makes up 7% of this company's total revenue. And that's down 11% compared to same time last year. So it is a very, very bad quarter for Oracle. 
Oracle, and I can see. I, I, I honestly would have expected, due to this revenue for for Earth's, for the stock price to actually be down a bit more than it is right now. Now let's take a look at this company's quick valuation. This company is a company that makes money. So forward PE ratio for this company for two years from now is 13.57. It's actually kind of low compared to other companies we see. Forward price to sales ratio for two years from now is 4.41. Remember now we're seeing a company. This is a company that is, yes, it's a money maker, but at the same time, it's not a money maker that's growing its revenue at a fast level. So forward PE ratio would be lower than a money maker that it is growing revenue. Like for example, Microsoft or Google, where their forward PE ratios are closer to 25 and 30. Those are companies growing in the double digits and making money for you. So like I said, valuation does not only depend on forward PE ratio, right? I don't think, I, I think a lot of investors are too fixed in the forward PE ratio or just the PE ratio or price to sales ratio. But you have to look at the bigger picture. You have to look, hey, how is this different from a company that's more expensive? Um, what's different between them? Is there a revenue growth that's different? Is gross margin, is margins growth different? Is the balance sheet different? And all this takes into place when, the, when valuing a company. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Like always, have a good night. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. If you guys are listening to the podcast, feel free to come chat with me in my, in my YouTube channel, my Discord channel on twitter i love hearing that you guys are enjoying the podcast that you guys are enjoying the videos so take care guys have a good time and see you next time